Good morning, Family Church. Unfortunately, we're unable to be with you in person this morning, but I didn't want that to stop me from being able to communicate God's Word to you today. And of course, normally we'd be doing this sort of thing in our Family Church studios with all the best lighting and cameras and all that kind of stuff. We're doing this a little bit raw from home today, so I pray uh, that you would just forgive me for that. But I hope that you catch the heartbeat of what it is that we want to communicate to you this morning and we didn't want anything to stop the flow of messages that we've been in over the last few weeks because there's been so much great feedback to our series on wisdom for life that's the series that we're in and we're continuing today wisdom for life and what we've been doing in this series is using the word of god which can be so much to us but it's also everyday wisdom for everyday life we've been using god's word to look at how do we handle everyday situations in life. We've said that we live in a generation where countless people are buying so many self-help books, self-development books, and in that generation we want to be the church that elevate the word of God and say, no, listen, this is God's wisdom on how to do life correctly. And so there is no greater place that you can source wisdom than the writings of a one that has been authored by wisdom himself our God. So week one we laid a foundation and again I want to encourage you if you missed out on that week when we just laid that foundation that we're building upon for the rest of this series we spoke about how to apply God's word and how to read God's word. For it's all well and good God's word being wisdom for us but that's of no use if we don't read it and apply it on a daily basis and so I'd really encourage you as I said if you weren't around to catch up with that message family.church forward slash listen. We too we talked about handling conflicts and a lot of feedback to that message and then last week week three we talked about handling disappointment. Now today I want to continue in this flow of thoughts and I want to talk about using God's wisdom to make decisions. That's what we're talking about today if you're taking notes, making decisions. Now just like we've spoken about when it comes to disappointments and conflict. This is something that affects each and every single one of us on a daily basis, isn't it? Every day we are making decisions. Some of them seem very small, some seem bigger. There's the everyday decisions and choices that we make in life. This morning before you came to church, you decided to get dressed. That's a good thing. The people around you are pleased that you did that. But you made a decision as to what you were going to wear today. Later on, you'll decide what you're going to eat for lunch. This evening, you'll decide how you're going to spend your evening. These are everyday decisions and choices that we make. And you know, sometimes they can seem so insignificant, but the truth is that what we do and what we decide on a continual basis will have a long-term effect. For example, if we choose to eat in a certain way and make that decision, this is what I'm going to eat, and it's reinforced day after day after day, that can lead to a healthy state, or else it can lead to us being in quite an unhealthy state. The decisions that we make when they're reinforced day after day have long-term effects. If you make a decision, I'm going to read the Word of God daily, then that will make a difference to your understanding of who God is, and your understanding of your relationship with him as well. So there's the everyday choices that we're constantly making. Then there's the bigger decisions. What should I do with my finance? Which school should I send my child to? We're in this season where 
children are applying or parents are applying for children to go to different schools. That may be you today. You're making a key decision in life. So there's the small decisions, the bigger decisions. Then, as I said, there's the big key decisions of life. Where do we want to live? What uni should I go to? What do I want to do for my job or my career? Who should I marry? Which church family do I want to be in? For me and my family, when we stepped into the call of God for our lives, do you know what? It meant stepping away from so many things that I had planned for my life, but I knew that this is what God was calling me to. And so I made a key decision that changed the rest of my life. When we planted out from family church in Portsmouth and a group of us started family church in Haven, that was a key decision that changed our futures together. So we can identify there are daily small choices, bigger decisions, key decisions in life. Some decisions don't really matter, others really do. And we all know the consequence of sometimes making bad decisions. So here's the key thought if you're making notes this morning. Write this down. The decisions you make today will determine what life looks like tomorrow. The decisions you make today will determine what life looks like tomorrow. Maybe not exactly tomorrow or literally tomorrow, but I'm talking about your future. This is how key this is. But if you want to know what your future will look like, look at the constant decisions that you are making today. So it's so important that we get this right. Now often the world doesn't get this right, does it? And often we don't get this right. We might fall into one of these categories that I'm about to share with you. Maybe we are people that aren't very good at making decisions. You would be classed as an indecisive person. You never know which way to turn. Now this generation that's rising up is known as a very indecisive generation. Part of that reasoning, they say, is because there's so much choice. But where you and I maybe had three or four TV channels, the generation today have so many channels to choose from. They're overloaded with choice, not just in TV channels, but in every avenue of life. And they've become an indecisive generation. But maybe you, yourself, are indecisive. You never know which way to turn. When we don't make decisions, we become stagnant and not progressing anywhere in life. For others, they make the wrong decisions over and over again that can have an impact on their relationships, that can cause faltering careers and so many different things. And yet for others, they let other people make decisions for them. They're people pleasers. They let other people make all the decisions for them. And so maybe you can identify with one or more of those today. Maybe you're somebody who struggles to make decisions. You're indecisive. Maybe you find yourself constantly making wrong decisions. Maybe you find yourself being a, a people pleaser and you allow them to make decisions for you. Now, for us as people of faith, as we talk about this today, do you know there's one key decision that we've already made that should impact the rest of our decision making? I'm talking about that decision that we've made to follow Jesus Christ. The day that we said yes to Jesus, I want to be your follower. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. The day that we made that decision, it had or it should have an impact on every other decision that we make after that. Now I'm talking about the bigger decisions in life. Okay, I'm not talking about the small things. The, the fact that I'm a follower of Jesus didn't determine what socks I wore this morning, okay, you've heard of WWJD, what would Jesus do? I'm not a WSWJW 
what socks would Jesus wear? I don't ask that question first thing in the morning. I just pull on some socks and get out. In fact, most of the year I don't wear socks. I wear flip-flops and I just get out there and live life. I'm talking about the bigger decisions in life. But if we've given our life to Jesus Christ, the big decisions should now orbit around him and his kingdom. Now, where do we source that understanding of him and his kingdom? The Bible. The Bible shows us how to make wise and faith-building decisions. So here's what I want to do in the time that we have together this morning. I want us to look at making decisions and using God's word. And I want to talk about how we make decisions in terms of principles. And then we're going to look at some guidance. Let me explain what I mean by that. Principles are the overriding values that guide our decision making. And the practical stuff, the guidance is going to be practical outworking of that. So the principles of a why, the guidance is the how. Let me open up those thoughts. Before we became a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, there were certain ways that we made decisions. And often how we made our decisions were framed by these questions. We asked things like, what's in it for me? What's the best decision that I can make for me and myself? What's the easiest decision here? What's the easiest choice out of all these different options? What seems to make the most sense? Now that seems logical, that seems common sense. What seems to make the most sense? But I want you to see from God's word today some principles. That now as a follower of Jesus Christ, we've now flipped that on his head and we ask different questions. Here's what I mean. Our decision making as a follower of Jesus Christ is now no longer just about us. But being a follower of Jesus means we should journey from being selfish to being selfless. Being a child of God means putting his kingdom first. So now, instead of asking what's in it for me or what's best for me, when we're making decisions, we should be asking, what does God want me to do? What's his direction on this? How does my decision benefit others and how does my decision now glorify God? Suddenly it goes from what's best for me to what's best for his kingdom. Here's another principle. Jesus doesn't necessarily want us to make the easy decision. Matthew 7 verses 13 to 14. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said these words, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is a gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Now here's Jesus talking about salvation of course and that's the context of what he's saying but this is also true for every other bit of bigger decision making in life that when it comes to making decisions the world is going down a broad way in the way that it responds to conflict in the way that it responds to disappointment all these things that we're talking about in this series it makes decisions based on what the world around it is doing but Jesus says there's another way it's a kingdom way and it's narrow and not many go down it because it's difficult and it's not the, the culture of this world. We're going against what other people would maybe suggest. But actually this difficult route is a way that leads to life in our career, in our relationships, in our finances, in our understanding of our identity. Listen, the easy way is not always the best way. And Jesus shows us in his upside down kingdom that the difficult route wrote leads to life in abundance. So instead of asking what's the easiest decision, we now should be asking what's the right decision. And then here's the third principle. Before we began a relationship with Jesus Christ, 
we may have just made decisions of what made logical sense. That seems sensible, that seems like common sense. But now that we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have an extra dimension, an extra element to the way that we live life. It's called faith. And so sometimes as a follower of Jesus, the decisions that we make won't actually make sense in the natural. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The Passion Translation puts verse 5 this way, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision that you make. So instantly we see that the Bible teaches us the way that we make decisions now as a follower of Jesus Christ is very different to the way maybe we made decisions before. Our principles, our driving force behind our decision making has now changed. Now, how do we practically outwork that? Well, thankfully, the Word of God has wisdom on this as well. So now that we've got the principles in place, let me outwork some practicalities about how we do this. Again, we're letting the Bible speak for itself this week. So the first bit of wisdom the Bible gives us in how to make decisions. If you're in the middle of making a decision right now, listen to what the Word of God says. Pray. Before making a significant decision, pray. Have a conversation with God. Now this is probably the most important factor because when you pray, God can stop you from making some dumb decisions that you were going to make. But also, you may make some radical decisions that would only have come about through the wisdom of God that you never would have naturally made otherwise. Again, surely if we're wondering what to do, where to turn, what decision to make, the best place that we can go is to the one who is wisdom himself. Proverbs 2 verse 6 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. James 1 verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. If you're in the middle of making a decision right now, can I encourage you, make sure that it's a decision that's been saturated in prayer. Now, having prayed, here's more wisdom. Listen. Listen. Sometimes we can be okay at the praying part, but not so good at the listening part. I, I want to encourage you to listen to God speak into your decision making. Now, will that be an audible voice? No, 99.9% .9 of the time it won't be. It will be things like the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's why we've got to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit and not just see him as a dispenser of goosebumps in a worship service. We've got to know him personally. God will speak to you through his word. God will speak to you through a teaching. I mean, there's so many incidences that I could share with you, and I'm sure you have your own stories too of how you prayed about a decision or a situation. And the very next day you read in the Word and there's a verse that really smacks you in the face. It says, this is the decision you need to make. God is speaking in that moment. Other times I've, I've been in a decision-making process and I've just gone on YouTube and listened to a message completely randomly from a preacher I haven't listened to for a while and he'll be speaking or she'll be speaking about exactly what I'm journeying through. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit using the Word of God to direct our paths. So when we're making the decision, listen, read the Word. What does God's Word have to say about the decision you are making? Because listen to me, God's will will never contradict God's word. So maybe you're thinking about making a decision that's completely different to what the word 
of God says, listen, that's not God speaking. That's not God's direction. That will be our own opinions, our own feelings. Dare I say it, maybe even worse, our own deception. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and it's a light for my path. The Passion Translation says, the word guides me in my choices and my decisions. Another great test about hearing God when it comes to decision making can be in terms of peace. Do we have peace in the decision that we've just made? Recently Kirsty and I uh, made a decision and it was a financial one and uh, we signed a contract and we left that place having made a decision. And as we were driving away, there was just such a, a sense of unease in my spirit. And I turned to Kirsty, the car was silent. I turned to Kirsty and said, Kirsty, what, what are you thinking? And she instantly said this, I just feel sick. I feel sick about the decision we've made. And both of us in that moment didn't have a peace about the decision we'd made. And so when we got home, we made a phone call, cancelled the decision that we'd made. And sure enough, a better decision came further down the line. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he's saying. See if you have peace, God's peace, over a decision that you are making. Here's another bit of wisdom. When you're making decisions, seek counsel. What do I mean by that? Get advice. And not from those people who will just tell you what you want to hear because they're too nice to tell you the truth. I'm talking about people who know God's word and have your best values at heart and they love you and they're, they're true enough to tell you the truth to stop you making dumb decisions in life. Listen to what the Bible has to say about this. Proverbs 11 verse 14. It says, Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall off and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counsellors, there is victory. Proverbs 12 verse 15. Fools think that their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 13 verse 10. Pride leads to conflict, but those who take advice are wise. So when you're making decisions, the Bible teaches us that it's important to seek God's wisdom first and foremost, yes, from God but then also from other people around us who aren't wise just in the ways of the world, but more importantly are wise in the word of God. Let them speak into your decision-making process. Here's another bit of wisdom if you're making notes. Count the cost. Count the cost. Luke 14 verse 28. Jesus says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it. Now Jesus in this context is talking about counting the cost of being his follower, of being his disciple. Because you know when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it can cost you. It can cost you relationships. It can cost you financially. It can cost you materially. It can cost you in terms of your dreams. It can cost you in some parts of the world, even with your life, that you may lose your life in order to follow Jesus Christ. So that's the context of this statement of counting the cost. But it's also great wisdom when it comes to wider decision making. But before you make a decision, count the cost. Now that cost may be literal. You may be making a, a decision you think financially, can we afford to make this decision even if it's the right one? That cost may be emotional. You may think, actually, am I in the right place to make this decision that I'm about to make? It may be a relational cost. Am I prepared for the relational cost and the changes in relationship that will come as a result of a decision 
that I'm thinking about making. Wisdom says count the cost. And when you count the cost, some questions may rise up within you. When you choose to count the cost, there, there may be questions that surface questions like, is the timing right? Is this the right time? Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. When you make a decision, think about the timing. See, God's answer to your decision may be no. God's answer may be yes. Or God's answer may be not yet. Yes, but not now. Because the timing isn't right. And we know God's word says God's timing is perfect. So allow him to shape the timing of your decisions. Is the timing right? Another question that may surface is, are my motives right? Now again, this is where we need to hear God and seek Godly advice. Proverbs 16 verse 2 says, People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. The decision we're making may seem right, may seem pure, but God knows the heart with which we're making those decisions. Sometimes we need to stop and question the motives behind what decision we're about to make. What's driving that decision? Maybe it's jealousy, but we want to be like everybody else around us, and so we want to make a decision that will make us more like them. And that's not the wisest thing. What is it that's driving your decision making? Maybe it's this lie. The grass is greener on the other side. No, 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 my friend. The grass is greener where you choose to water it. I've seen too many people make ridiculous life choices and decisions based on this lie that the grass is greener on the other side. People have affairs because of this lie. People mess up their careers because of this lie. People leave churches in order to find the, the perfect church because they've believed this lie that the grass is always greener on the other side. Can I encourage you? Don't make life-changing decisions based on temporary emotions. I read this recently. Never make a permanent decision based on a temporary storm. Never make a permanent decision based on a temporary storm. If that's where you are at right now, can I, can I just say wait, pause, listen to what God is saying and walk by faith. Don't let your emotions make your decisions. What motives are driving our decisions? And finally, Will this decision bring God glory? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, so, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Will your decision bring God glory? Or will it bring you glory? Will it merely advance your life and make your life better? Or will it actually advance the kingdom of God? Because to be a follower of Jesus Christ means to ask the question, Will this decision bring glory to God? How do we make wise and godly decisions? Knowing that our decisions today will determine what tomorrow looks like, we pray. For some of you making decisions right now, can I encourage you, if you've not prayed about it, stop. Don't go ahead with that decision until you've prayed, until you know God's word concerning that situation. Pray. Listen to God. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. If you don't have a peace about the decision you are making, don't go ahead with it. Pray some more. Seek God's guidance. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Seek advice from godly people. Again, we spoke about counsel over the last couple of weeks, and I want to encourage you again. Get some God people around 
your life. It doesn't mean you have to share everything that's going on in your life with everybody around you. I'm not saying right now turn to the person next to you and tell them, oh, this is a decision I'm making. No, you don't need to, to blab a mouth everything that you're going through in life. But get some people around you and say, what do you think about the decision I'm making based on God's word? Not based on their opinion, not based on their fears, not based on their insecurities, but based on the word of God. What are they seeing about the decision. Ask some trusted friends to go and pray and see if God brings some prophetic words about the decision that you are making. Count the cost. Count the physical cost, the emotional cost, the financial cost, the relational cost. Count the cost and ask these questions. Is the timing right? Maybe the decision you're about to make is the right decision, but it's not the right time. Allow God to put his stamp of approval on the timing. Are my motives right? Question, why am I making this decision? Because maybe it's not the best decision you're about to make. And you're making it because the motives within you are wrong. And will this decision bring God glory? Ultimately, as a follower of Jesus Christ, the way that we now make decisions is different to how we made decisions before. Come on, let's use God's wisdom, his word, the Bible, to direct our decision-making process as we move forward. I just believe there might be some people watching this this morning, and you're in the valley of decision. For some of you, it's just the everyday things of life, but for some of you, the specific decisions that you're making right now about your future, I want to encourage you to do the things that we've spoken about today. Let, let the, the guiding light of God's word be the thing that directs you forward. And I just want to pray for you as we're closed. Somebody uh, after this is going to wrap up the service and I pray you have a great time having free tea and coffee and hanging around after the service, getting to know some people. But let me just pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, I just pray for the people watching this in the Empower Centre haven't today. I pray for those who are in the valley of decision, whatever that decision may be. Uh, and I just pray that they would be people who seek your word, who seek godly counsel, who hear your Holy Spirit. Get them, Holy Spirit, to ask questions about timing and counting the cost and, and all of those things that we've communicated about today. Holy Spirit, would you challenge us today? Would you stop us, Holy Spirit? Would you stop some people in this place today from making wrong decisions that is going to cost them long term? And would you encourage them today? Those who maybe know what you are saying but are just, just being shy about stepping forward or, or being nervous or fearful about stepping forward. Would you turn their great intentions into great decisions, we pray. Holy Spirit, would you just put your seal upon this word? And may it be a word that just marinades within us over the coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, Family Church.